0: Uh, when was it, two Saturdays ago, we got together with our leadership team just to have a time of praying together and waiting on God. And one of the things that has been coming up a number of times whenever we get together is just speaking about how we facilitate the life of the Spirit in our meetings during our times together. Um, The Holy Spirit is such a wonderful uh, friend to us. He's our counselor, our comforter, and we want to create space in our meeting where He can minister to us as he does already through the worship and through the word and even through our fellowship, but it's place for the, the spiritual gifts to operate um, in our midst. And um, so I just want to teach a little bit into that. And I know I've done this before, um, so I'm not trying to just recap on things that I've spoken about before, but more for us to think through what does that look like for us here at Forest Town and how can we make that a practical reality? Because we don't just want it to be something we teach, about, we want it to be something that we begin to live and minister in. And um, I love how Paul speaks about the believers in the New Testament church, and he calls them the priesthood of all believers. And I think that sometimes we can get into, even in more less traditional churches like ours, we can also get into a position where we think, oh, the ministry must belong to just a select few of people. They're the ones who must bring the words and that's all. But Paul spoke about us all being priests, us all having something that we can bring um, to the the times of ministry together and in our daily lives. And uh, he speaks about that in... 1 Corinthians 14, where he says, and um, I'm going to have to say that. uh, Is there a brighter light for me, Sean? Is this the brightest? Okay. Aha, that's good. I can use this. What then shall we say, brothers, when we come together everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. And all of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. Now, the context of this verse was that the Corinthian church was a young church they had been filled with the Holy Spirit and they were expressing all the different gifts of the Spirit, but it had got a little chaotic and disorderly in their meetings. And Paul was eager just to bring a sense of, of let's do this in a way that's really edifying and building up for everyone. It's not a free for all. Um, but I think sometimes we can go to the other extreme where we can be so ordered that there's no space for those gifts to be ministered. And so... That is the wisdom of leadership, and that's why our leaders are helping to steer and host and facilitate the meetings so we can see more of the life of God released. So Paul says everyone must come ready with a hymn, a word of instruction, a tongue. So that means... It's about how we think about when we come on a Sunday morning, because it means if we come with the mindset of thinking, I'm coming here because God wants me to be a minister, God wants me to bring something of his life and of his grace into this place, then we come here prepared and ready to minister. and so. That's a good way to start thinking about how we come to church, maybe not just to receive and think, "Oh, I wonder how, what the worship's going to be like today as opposed to thinking, I wonder how I can be part of facilitating the worship and seeing it grow so so that's the first thing I, I want to start off by saying, and then I just wanted to speak a little bit about the spiritual gifts, and um, we know when the early church began in the book of Acts when they were all gathered together in that room upstairs and we see this amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit and everyone begins to speak in these strange languages there's the there's a wind blowing of the Holy Spirit and there's tongues of flame on on the believers heads and we see Peter tries to make sense of this amazing supernatural experience that the early church has and he recalls these words by the prophet Joel which were spoken um, hundreds of years before and he says this is now happening and he says in the last days God says I will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions your old men will dream dreams Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. So Joel foretold about this, and now we see in the book of Acts it began to happen. There was this outpouring and this expression of these amazing supernatural gifts. And the same is true for us today. I know we might come from all different church backgrounds. In my journey, I grew up in an an Anglican church, and when I was about 12 years old, there was a movement in the Anglican church, in the Church of England called... um, uh, it was called the Holy Spirit Renewal in about the 70s. And it was an amazing experience for me as a 12-year-old. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Someone prayed for me, and I began to speak in tongues. So I had this experience, even as a child, of God's presence within me in a very manifest way. And uh, But very ironically, when I left university, I was in a fantastic church, amazing church, um, there was a Baptist church and they preached the word so solidly and it rooted me and grounded me in the word of God so wonderfully but they also taught that the gifts of the spirit weren't for today and uh, that, that God used them in the past in starting the church but didn't use them for today and so I became very vehemently opposed to the gifts which is really odd seeing as I spoke in tongues but especially the gift of prophecy I was very determined that that was not something God did today and I was quite vehement about And then rolled a few years forward, Um, I met Ant on a blind date, and that's another story. And then I started going to the church that he was part of, which came from a maybe Assemblies of God, so more Pentecostal background, but maybe with some reformed teaching as well. And it was in that place that someone came and prophesied over me and said, God's giving you a gift of prophecy. Well, that's very uncomfortable if you don't believe in prophecy. Um, and uh, but the amazing thing that happened was God began to do something in me, and that helped me see something of how His gifts were a wonderful blessing to the church. And so I began to grow in that gift and learn how to use it and made mistakes, but over the years have learned what a wonderful gift it is. And so I, I'm speaking to you from the perspective of my own journey, but also wanting you to be able to walk into the fullness of all the gifts that God has for each of you and for us as a church community. So in, these are the last days. These are the days of the Holy Spirit being poured out on, on all people. And so just a brief um, overview of the spiritual gifts because I want to focus this morning on on the on the prophetic more specifically and I'd love to have some time for ministry as well, but the Bible speaks loosely about three kinds of spiritual gifts. There's the motivational gifts. Um, there's the ministry gifts and the manifestational gifts. And so when we talk about motivational gifts, those are uh, the, the Greek word that's used in the, in the New Testament for that is charismata and uh, or grace gifts. And we read about that in 1 Peter 4 verse 10, where Peter says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Um, There's a number of other passages, but for time, I'm not going to go into those. But these are gifts that are given to us by the Father They're grace gifts. They're undeserved and they're according to the pleasure and the wisdom of the Father. I don't know why God gives some people some gifts and other people different. He just knows you're my perfect package for this gift and I'm gonna use you powerfully and wonderfully in this way. And so he makes us all so differently. But when we speak about these charismatic gifts as motivational gifts, they're often the gifts that stir the calling of God in us. It's something that's your heartbeat, it's your sense of purpose, it's the thing that's inside of you that when you do this thing, you're energized, you're excited, you feel you come alive because you know you're doing what God made you to do. That's what I'm talking about when I speak about motivational gifts. Every one of us here has that. Some of us are learning to discover it, but God has put a wonderful deposit in every heart of his motivational grace, charismatic gifts. Um, And then I want to speak about ministry gifts because that's slightly different. And we read about those in Ephesians 4 verse 11 to 13. And where Paul says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So here we have another kind of spiritual gift, and this is a gift that Christ gives to the church, but it's the gift of men and women who Christ has gifted in certain ways to build and equip the church. Um, So we have apostles, which are there to lay the foundations of the gospel through solid teaching. Sometimes they're church planters who come and build the church. That's an apostolic gift of good government and establishing the church. And then we have... um, Uh, Prophets are those who are able to discern the heart and the purpose of God for a given season. And they work in in an area, God gives them a sphere or an area that's that's more than just the local church. And we see pastors are those who disciple and strengthen believers in their walk with God. And they walk alongside people. They point people to Jesus. And whenever a pastor preaches, you just feel so comforted. You feel strengthened. You feel like God is with you and you're not alone. And then the teachers are those who ground us in the Word of God, and they give us a sense of the Word of God undergirding us like a plumb line in our lives, help us to understand the gospel and how to apply it. So I know like Anne says, all of those gifts are different preaching gifts. And so sometimes when someone preaches, you see whether they are operating under those different anointings. Do you come away sense of foundation laid in your life? Do you come away exhorted and um, encouraged to the prophetic? Or do you come away comforted and um Uh, just cared for through the shepherd heart. So all of these are different preaching gifts that God gives to the church to build and equip the believers. I know um, in the 80s, there was a sense of, there was a lot of teaching going around in the 90s that these kinds of gifts in the church are not superstars. And I think that's, that's something that was a very unhelpful thing in the past where people who had those kinds of giftings were kind of elevated to, oh, they are amazing people. But no, they're actually part of the body. They're part of translocal ministry to broader than just the local church and God gives them to build up churches so I know St Paul's have got um uh what's in Jo Moody coming she's a wonderful woman with a healing ministry and a healing gift if any of you want to find out more about that we'll we'll give you some information but there's a lady who's ministering to more than the local church and she's probably in the gift of a evangelist and a prophet, um, but she has a wonderful healing ministry as well. Then the thing I want to mainly speak about today is the manifestational gifts, and we read about those in 1 Corinthians 12, and Paul says in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 12, he says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And he goes on in verse 7, he says, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So here's another way that the gifts of the Spirit work. So the first way I said was motivational. It's the grace gift in all of us that is about our calling and the things that motivate us. Then there's the ministry gifts of the Spirit, which are people who are given as a gift to build the church. And now this thing I want to talk about this morning is the manifestational gifts of the Spirit. And this is for all of us. This is something all of us are able to walk in and to operate in as we learn um, to to understand how they work. And that we'd love to see more of that in in our church community. Um, So I just want to read from verse 8 to 11. Uh, In 1 Corinthians 12. This is how Paul says, he says, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. And all of these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So here's a list of some of the gifts that can be operating. So Paul was speaking about these in the context of our meetings. So, you can imagine those meetings in Corinth, they were pretty noisy affairs, weren't they? (laughs) There was a lot of busyness, a lot happening. And so, the elders who led the meeting and facilitated the meeting had to learn a wisdom in how to allow people to express those gifts and what was appropriate at which times, but so that there was a building up and it was for the common good. It built up people. I remember when I was in our little. Uh, cov church as a child when we had this outpouring of the holy spirit there was a a dear old man who had the gift of tongues and he was so delighted that he could speak in tongues but all he did he sat in the meeting and he just prayed in tongues the whole time so that no one else could do anything and it was, it was a very distracting thing. And I think the, the minister didn't really know what to do. So he banned tongues. He said, no tongues in our meetings <laughs> to deal with that one man. So instead of going to speak to him and helping and instruct him, which I thought was really, really sad, because it was saying there's not instead of trying to find the right order, it was throwing everything out. Um, but we want to find a way that we can all f- understand the different gifts that God gives us and use it in an appropriate way. So. I want to speak more specifically about the revelatory gifts, and that is the prophetic words of wisdom, words of knowledge, um, and interpretation of tongues. And I, I sort of would put those gifts all together because they're about learning to hear God's voice. What is God wanting to say into specific time and place, and how can God use you to do that? So... I'm going to start off just by looking at this gift of prophecy. Are, are we all okay? All falling right. so So what what exactly is prophecy? Um, it's not the same as fortune-telling. Okay, fortune-telling is the counterfeit. Prophecy is the real deal. The devil always tries to counterfeit what God is doing. And it's not foretelling the future. <laughs> uh, that's not biblical. This In the gift of prophecy, what I'm talking about here, it's not about, I see in your future a dark stranger. That's not prophecy, okay? We're not talking about that. Prophecy is the supernatural ability to speak the mind of God on a given subject at a given time by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's very simple. In the Old Testament, God appointed specific people to be his prophets at different times in the history. But now we see in these days, he says that we are all called to prophesy under this gift of the Spirit. Does that make us prophets in the office of a prophet? No, we're not talking about that firefall gifting. We're talking about us as believers hearing the heart and the mind of Christ and then bringing it to comfort and encourage one another. So when we talk about, I'm just going to do a short diversion. When we speak about this thing of an office of a prophet, um, both Jesus and Paul in a lot of their teachings were very... um, Earnest to show what the difference was between true prophets and false prophets, and I think that's often what makes us nervous about prophecy in the church. We think, what if a false prophet comes in to our midst and starts speaking a lot of stuff? So I want to just to reassure you this morning um, about maybe for us as a body to be discerning if someone brought a word. I know the, the leaders would be protective of what's brought, but if someone brought something that was not and you felt uneasy, you could judge for yourself because we're called to be discerning in the gifts of the Spirit. So this is what I'd say about a true prophet. I'm not talking about someone who's learning to hear God and they bring a word in the meeting. We all make mistakes and we, we learn. That's fine. I'm talking about someone who, who comes like a, with a prophetic voice. So true prophets are servants and they're not superstars, as I said earlier. And they have a deep love and commitment to God's written word. Uh, to, to, for me, I'm always nervous of the prophetic voice when it doesn't, isn't rooted in God's word or contradicts God's word. There must be a solid grounding in the word of God. Um, they have a kingdom vision. They want to build the church. And they're appointed and anointed by God. It's not some man-made self-appointed ministry. Oh, I'm gonna be a prophet. And often people go around calling themselves prophet so-and-so, which is a little warning sign. Um, they are submitted team players. They're not wanderers going from church to church, unaccountable to anyone. Um, character is more important than charisma. It's not about having all the gifts, but they actually their character, they just really bad, just have a falling apart marriage and their kids don't love God. That's not the kind of um, prophetic voice you want to be listening to. They're dearly loved and trusted by God. And they often experience great persecution and loneliness because they speak what is true and uncompromising words when it's not very popular. And they display, display the fruit of love and humility whereas i'd say with with false prophets their words can often be very calculated manipulative and they bring bondage to those that they minister to true the true prophetic always brings hope and um, paul says the, the the prophetic there is is there to comfort to encourage, and to exhort. And so when we weigh up the prophetic, we need to ask ourselves, does it do that? Do I come away feeling encouraged? Do I come away, even if it's an exhortational word, it's always redemptive. It never leaves someone feeling condemned. That's not from Jesus. That's not the spirit of Jesus. It's always redemptive. Um, So false prophets might exert a sort of controlling force over people's lives in order to draw them after themselves instead of pointing them to Jesus. And they might use their gift for profit, for popularity, or performance. So as a body, we're called to be discerning of these things. But I also want to affirm you to say that um, I know our leaders wouldn't allow that kind of voice to come and speak into the church, but if it happened, you would also be discerning of it. Um, So, the manifestational um, gift of prophecy. So, I want to start off by saying that all of us can operate in the gift of prophecy. So, Paul encourages us, he says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And he goes on to say why prophecy is such a wonderful gift to operate in. And that is because it builds up other people. Can I just have a show of hands? How many of you have received a prophetic word or some prophetic encouragement and it's been so encouraging for you? Can you just see a show of hands? That's wonderful. And I know that the prophetic is very, very powerful because often when it comes, you kind of think no one else would know that except God. And that's where it seals for you that God is speaking to you so clearly. And with the gift of prophecy, when we're talking about this manifestational gift, it's, usually, it's not usually directional or um, you must go do this or that. It's usually a confirming word. It's something God's already been telling you. And this person comes and tells you and you go, oh, yes, God's already been saying it, that resonates for me. And that's how this gift of prophecy operates in the local church. Uh, When Moses was leading the Israelites, some of the leaders came to him and they were very distressed because outside the camp there were these two chaps called Eldad and Medad. And they were going about prophesying. And they came to Moses and they said to Moses, 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 Eldad and Medad are prophesying over everyone. Tell them to stop. And Moses says these simple words. He says, I wish that all God's people would prophesy. Moses wasn't so protective and thought, that's my domain, I'm the prophet. No, he said, I want all God's people to prophesy because it's the most wonderful, uh, what do we say about prophecy? It's the currency of hope. It gives people hope. It gives people a sense of understanding God's heart when they're going through difficult times. So, Prophecy is essentially about us as believers learning to hear God's voice. Learning how does God speak to you? Just as as there are so many different people here, there's different ways that God speaks, and we need to learn to be able to discern how do I hear God, so that I can start to hear His heart, and then start a discerning, is this something to bring as a prophetic word to encourage the body or an individual? Um, I think as with all different gifts, whether it's from learning to ride a bike or to cooking skills or whatever we all make flops we all fall off and there's a learning curve and so the same is with ministering in the spiritual gifts we learn bit by bit as we with those who maybe are a little bit further down the line and have had more experience we begin to learn how to use these different gifts and so I want to encourage you if you're wanting to grow in these gifts that's one of the reasons why we're having that going deeper session we want to have a time where we we can learn to exercise those gifts and maybe for you to step out the boats out of your comfort zone and you think, I've never prophesied in my life. Well, that would be a great time to, to have an opportunity to do that or in your, in your life groups as well. I think one of the biggest obstacles to bringing a prophetic encouragement is the wrestling that goes on inside our hearts. And we say, is this from God Or is this from me? And we ask these questions and we go, "Ooh, I don't really know. But uh, I think that's the starting point of being prophetic. And uh, it's the starting point to ask that question. So, because I think when we start to prophesy, there's inevitably a bit of a mix of us and God. And then as we become mature in the gift, it becomes more and more just God. But at first there's a bit of our thinking and a bit of, of the Holy Spirit, all mixed up, and that's why people might go, "Yeah, oh, thank you for that." I'm not quite sure, but thank you. <laughs> uh, but we will still do, we don't want to step back and not share because there's always something that will be part of what God is saying. So these are some questions we can ask ourselves as we listen to God's voice. Um, is this going to build this person up? Um, will it leave this person feeling encouraged? Um, it's God wanting me to bring comfort to them. So I'm going to just look at a few ways that God can speak to us. So maybe you might identify with one or more of these ways. And I'm not saying this is a definitive list because as, um, as many people there are, there's different ways that God speaks to you. Um, but the thing that we need to always do is to measure it back to the word of God. And that's why I know, I know sometimes we say, oh, I'm not into theology. Well, I want to say your theology shapes your ministry. It shapes your prophetic words. So if you believe that God is an angry God and he wants to come and beat and punish people, that's what you'll prophesy. If you believe God is full of grace and redemptive and full of hope, that's what you'll prophesy. Your theology shapes what you what you speak over people's lives. So it is so good that we root ourselves in a biblical, the, the whole counsel of God. So one of the first ways God might speak is through a vision or a picture. I know that's how he mostly speaks to me. I'm a very visual person. How many of you are quite visual? you get... Yes, good. So so sometimes you'll be just in the worship time, singing along, and then this picture comes into your mind and you go, oh, I'm trying to focus, get out of my head. And then this picture comes along again and you think, oh, oh, maybe, maybe God's trying to get my attention. And then you just say, oh, okay, God, what are you trying to say? So I use this little... Uh, um, these letters vip god gives you a little vision a mental picture in your mind but then it has to go to the next level which is interpretation because sometimes it's really unhelpful just to give the picture because it doesn't really mean anything without an interpretation so sometimes we need to dwell on on the impression or the vision or the idea that god is giving us so we can understand the heart of god who is it for is it for now? Is it for something for me to pray about? Is it something that I should bring? And so that's the path in the middle that's very important. And the P is for proclamation. That's where we find the courage and the faith to go to the front and to tap Clive on the shoulder and go, oh, Clive, I've got a, a word I want to bring. And then we find that courage. And I hope that's not going to be the case, that people are all shaky. But that actually, we find that courage. And you know what's... That's where you can feel safe because the guys who are leading the meeting are trying to listen to the flow of where God is taking it. And it might be that you come with a word that is about, we're going to take the battle. We're going to take the ground. And God's doing this very soft, gentle thing. And they might say, well, it's a great word, but I don't think that's what God's doing right now in the meeting. So that's where you've got to work together. And then maybe it's for later or for another time. So it's not a rejection. It's just listening and working with the leaders, because we want this to build up the body. We want everyone to be encouraged and to be built up. So that might be the one way that you, you get a vision uh, or a picture. Um, so I always remember this young lad when we were um, in our old church before we came here, and he was so proud. He got this word, and he said, I have a word from God, he announced. And he said, it's blue. And that was it. And uh, everyone looked at him very kind of, thank you for that. Uh, thank you for your courage. <laughs> but it really was meaningless. So that's why we have to, maybe God was saying someone's feeling blue. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, um, I love, I love uh, the, the story in Isaiah where God says, Isaiah, what do you see? And he says, I see an almond branch. And then the interpretation comes and in. God says, I'm watching over my word to perform it. Now, for us, we think, how does an almond branch lead to that interpretation? But it's a bit, the word for almond in the Hebrew was the same, it, he was playing on a pun, it was the same word as watching, it the sounded the same. So a modern thing would be, God would show, say, Helen, what do you see? Oh, I, I see a watch. Um, And what do you want to say, God? So um, I might think, Oh, time's running out. No, no, no. And you begin to pray, and this is where you have to grow in discernment as you listen to God. Oh no, God says He's watching over His promises over your life and He's not gonna let them fail. Do you understand? And then you find as faith comes and as you learn to discern that voice, then you have courage. And we all make mistakes. I've made lots of mistakes and um, I should have thought of some examples of my mistakes to encourage you but I'll, I'll think of some but we but as we learn to become more accurate we can um, do that more effectively then biblical text maybe during your devotions uh, you reading and you come across a scripture and just speaks to you so powerfully but even as you're reading it, you just feel the Holy Spirit saying, you know, this is actually for Forest Town. I'd love you on Sunday morning to go to Ant and before the meeting say, Ant I actually have the scripture and I think it's going to be so wonderful and encouraging. Come on guys this is what we want to do. So you're going to go to Anton and say, Ant i got this. Ant is brilliant. I'll let you know when it's going to fit into the meeting. That's how it works. Everyone brings a hymn, a psalm, an encouragement, okay? Um, Maybe there's um, an impression or a word that comes to you. I love Marguerite came last week and she had what is called words of knowledge. So God showed her areas of healing that God wanted to do in different people's lives. And so she found the courage to do that and to come and share those things. And I just want to uh, I know you had a word of a, 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 someone with a, a doll dressed in a pink dress, and that was for someone, and it was a very, very powerful word for that woman. So I just want to commend you, Margarita. Sometimes you might step out and you think, ooh, is this going to be right? But if it, if it isn't, it's okay. It's a learning curve. But as you learn to be confident in hearing God's voice, you'll see it will release grace to people. So, um, another way God might speak to you is just a s- persistent small voice. He just begins to whisper to you. And um, like Elijah was in, uh, in the cave, and he thought God would speak to him through the earthquake and through the fire. and But he says, and God spoke to him through a still, small voice. You begin to listen to that small voice of God. And to begin to trust him as he speaks to you and then begin to speak out what he gives you. And some people have unusual physical sensations. They get sweaty palms. They get their heart palpitates. uh, They get all like shaky. Some people shake. I used to do that. I used to shake a lot when God was speaking to me. And that's not because they got a nervous twitch it's because the presence and the, the power of God is on them. So sometimes that could be how you know God is speaking to you. It could be a physical sensation. And then you have to say, okay, God, what are you trying to say? What is it that you want me to minister? What is the heart of what you want to do? So um, so I'm just going to finish off with this last bit. I know um, gone on a little bit and then I'm going to just pray for us but I, I do want to say um, with the prophetic a, a great place to learn is our life groups just take a turn why don't you just take one person each week and say right we're all going to prophesy and give scriptures and just bless this person and pray for them and just choose a different person each week because uh, timing and true destination are very important. Some prophecies are for now, some f- are for intercession, some are just for our own ears, and some of them are to be put on, on, the f- on a shelf till it's time that God shows us. Some words are for a specific individual, and some are for a group. I would say in our corporate times, probably with the gift of prophecy, the manifestational gift is good just to bring general words and there might be a word of wisdom for specific individuals, but it's probably just something, but uh, uh, maybe someone with a more mature gift could come and give individual words to people if that was appropriate. Um, I'm just gonna say, I, I want you to ask that we all find our courage and that we actually don't fear what will happen if I get wrong, but rather start to think what will happen if what I bring is the word that someone needs, okay? So there's a few people in our church that are confident in the prophetic, and I want to exhort you, you better come and prophesy. I'm looking at some of you, and there's some of you who have never prophesied before, and I'm going, you better come and prophesy. We really want to see everybody raised up and using the gifts that God has for them. I'm not saying that in a threatening way. It was meant to be encouraging. <laughs> yes, I'm saying I believe in you. You can. <laughs> and the Lord believes in you. That's why he speaks to you. Okay, so um, so let's do that then. I know, uh, sh- can we have five minutes in? Because I know we've gone over time, but let's just, let's just trust God. I don't know what he's going to do, but I will trust him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, I just want to thank you for these wonderful people, Lord. I thank you for this amazing church community. Thank you, Father, that one of the things that we value as a church is the word and the spirit. We want your word to be a plumb line in our lives. We want the whole counsel of God, not just parts of the word of God. We want to be rooted in the fullness of your word. And at the same time, Father, as sufficient and complete as your word is, you exhort us to eagerly desire the spiritual gifts especially the gift of prophecy. You call us to be a very present word to your people, to build your church, to encourage and to comfort your people. Thank you, Father, that there's no one who's not part of that promise and that call. And so, Father, we want to ask this morning, I'm just going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come on us as a people. Won't you just hold out your hands? You're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and minister and to fill us with His presence. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you that where your presence is, there is fullness of joy, there is peace. And I just want to pray, Father, for every person here this morning, that they would begin to see themselves as your priests, as your ministers those who are able to bring life and hope maybe where they never thought they could. And for those who have stepped back, Father, I pray for a new courage that would come and a new boldness through your Holy Spirit.